The Game Schooler Podcast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, is a weekly audio show that educates new and experienced gamers about the joys of tabletop gaming. In this week's episode, we'll cover Bad Company, our game of the week, discuss friendly local game stores in the School of Gaming, and wrap it up with our high five 20 minute or less games. Welcome to the Game Schooler Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Kotecki, along with my co-host, the esteemed Dr. Michael McCabe. How's it going, Michael? What's happening, Doug? Oh, how you doing? Hey, it's great to be here. You? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing good. I'm good. excited. Uh, I'm excited about the games we have planned for after recording. Um, I'm excited to get into this episode. I think we got some interesting items to discuss. Uh, how about you? What's any follow-up from last week? No follow-up from last week. I just want to put it on the front end of the segment. Noble Knight, our 10% off coupon offer is there for another 10 weeks. Just use Schooler23, that's S-C-H-O-O-L-E-R 23, right at the end when you check out at noblenight.com. Was there over um, earlier this week because our kids are on spring break, so I had a little gaming time there. Just an awesome store. Uh, really, that's our friendly local game store, and I think I'll come back to that in the School of Gaming segment. How about you? Yeah, well, I've got some follow-up. I um, happened to be in just kind of a, a recap of our high five last week, which was IP games. Just a reminder that there are so many great IP games that Intellectual are Intellectual property. Um, that before that was such a cash grab area and now there's actual quality games that are oh, out yeah. there and I felt bad that there was stuff that was on my list last time that wasn't on my list this time and that there, I'm just amazed by it. And to couple that with, um, kind of st- strolling through target online and, sure. and through the store and it's like. There's a, the the Harry Potter game, the Lord of the Rings game, the Golden Ticket game. They have a Wizard of Oz. Like all of the different ones that aren't just Marvel, aren't just Star Wars or some of those massive IPs. There, there are lesser known IPs. And they're or, great games. That are great that, games. Yeah. And to follow up with like the, the deals, like Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle is like $25 on target right now the campaign game yes the deck building that's an awesome game game. that was a game of the week back in i will find it go talk the the golden ticket game is 16 dollars right now um yeah harry potter was in episode nine so Uh, there are some great games out there and some great prices that i don't know if it's a as much as people are talking about all the prices keep going up and the prices keep going up it's like i still keep finding really amazing deals sure that those are new and shrink. That's not even the secondary market. Yeah. That's not Facebook I mean, that's marketplace. A, that's you good. think about the cost to go to a movie or to buy the Harry Potter Hogwarts battle for $25 to play over seven campaign games and have a, a learning deck building game. It's no comparison. Yeah. You know, the amount of time and value that you would get out of a game like that. To gamers. Let's be clear about that because if somebody's just trying to get somebody else into the hobby. (laughs) Uh, Maybe that one night at the movies is worth more than just a box that sits in the corner and collects dust. So two two gamers like us. Sure. Gamers like us. Well, that sounds like a 
t-shirt and uh, how do you like that a sitcom from the 70s <laughs> yes should we shift into what's awesome with gaming because yes. i do have something there back in may of 2021 doug we covered a oh, game. i remember it fondly yeah, i know you do we covered a game called clank in our recommended game of the week and i had a chance to play that again this weekend hmm. i actually got trounced in clank <laughs> Uh, but I just wanted to highlight that game uh, again for our listeners and just circle back to it um, almost as a two-year look back. I thought about holding on to it till then, but I thought, no, I can't wait that long. And Clank is a game that's designed by Paul Denon, released by Direwolf and Renegade Studios. There are a ton of different versions of this game. And in Clank, you get cards in your hand. And you play five cards at a time. You start with, I think, 10 or 12 in your starting deck, 10. And... When these and you have to play all the cards that are in your hand, and when you play a card that has a clank on it, you add these little cubes, and the cubes eventually go into a bag because you are making your way down into this dungeon. And when new cards come out into a dungeon deck that you're trying to slowly get into your hand, if any of them have a dragon on it, that's going to wake the dragon, and now you're drawing out those cubes. And Doug, first time that I I ever got knocked out, right? <laughs> because you have a health meter, and if you fill up that health meter before you make your way down to the dungeon, grab your artifact, and get back out, you get knocked down. And um, just an awesome game. I was surprised at how quickly it came back. You know, mm -hmm. we, we talk often about easy rule set, and it truly was a 10-minute review of the rules, and I was teaching it to my kiddo as if it was fresh because she didn't remember. She hadn't played yeah. it in two years. Played it in an hour, and that was with setup and takedown. Uh, so just a great game. Go back and give that episode a listen if you're a new listener or even if you're an experienced listener. Um, I see that game all the time on the secondary market and on the trade market. I actually have Clank and Space on my had it on my four trade. I took that thing down because now I really want to play it again. <laughs> so uh, just wanted to share that with our listeners. Got that one to the table, and it's always nice. You've talked about this before, but when you get a game from your collection out and get it and set it up and play it, and you realize why it's in your collection. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I really do love that <laughs> game. So that was a nice experience over the weekend. Well, and they've got a, a new version they just announced, which is another Clank Legacy 2. 2. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I haven't played the first one is still. Right. Uh, so I won't be getting the second one. I can't, can't justify that, but... Um, if you are interested in that game, there is a new version coming out with uh, another legacy campaign. Uh, it's interesting that you brought that up about playing older games and just uh, the experience of playing games. And last week we had a kind of extended game night, yep. a little bit longer than we usually do. And I just was reminded of how awesome sharing experiences and laughing and having a good time right gaming is and, and winning well yeah <laughs> that doesn't happen often so gotta enjoy it yeah oh, didn't mean to interrupt <laughs> carry on doug <laughs> yeah as as michael's sending uh uh excuses today over text message about how he can't tell the colors in the rule book i'm like well here they come now i already got the excuse Still in the asterisk about why we're not gonna win but um but it's just fun, kind of just great hobby. Hanging out and and having experiences of of different events that have happened in a game, and you're like, oh, that was classic, and 
and the memories that it creates, right? Right. And our next game day, quote unquote, is two months away, but we're already talking about potential games. You know, I reached out to the one of the people we'll be playing with and saying, have you ever played Clank? No, but I really want to. And so right away, I'm thinking, okay, that's going in the game bag. And if we don't get it played, I'll loan it out and he'll get to play it with his son. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's so many great games out there, and even good ones. I mean, the line at what's a good game and worth playing multiple times, that that's that's a, a where's that line drawn? A dark line, a thin line. I don't know, but the the threshold above that, there's a lot of great games too. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for just letting me stumble through there. <laughs> no radio save, huh? Back no. to you, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Let's uh, keep things rolling. Uh, just a reminder to spread the word about the podcast if you like what we're doing. Um, and contact us with any questions or comments you have at email at gameschooler.com. You can reach us there, email at gameschooler.com. Uh, and without further ado, let's move on to the game of the week. Game of the Week. The Game of the Week is an in-depth look at a family-friendly game we think you should try if you get the chance. This week's game is Bad Company. Doug, give us the stats. All right. Bad Company, published in 2021 originally by Aporta Games, uh, did not release in North America proper until 2023. About about two weeks ago. (laughs) Uh, Closer to the beginning of the year, but yes. Uh, the designer is Kenneth Minde, Elif Svensson, Svensson, and Christian Amundsen Ustby. Uh, the art is by Ermund Bone, and it is one to six players, thirty minutes, ages eight and up. I'm. What, what is your guesstimate on where you think that? I'd say ten. Yeah, that's what I, I've got I, down to. Uh, I wrote ten. Plus for me. Yeah, and we'll get into it why in a moment. And then the um, complexity is a 1.95 out of 5. So, Which under- also seemed a little low to me. I, I thought this uh, would be more around a 2 1, 2 1, 2, one of those, but I don't want to get that far in the weeds. <laughs> get nitpicky there. Um, all right. So, according to the publisher, Uh, You're building your own gang, and you customize it to suit your plans. Gather resources to complete heists and money to recruit recruit new gang members and make sure you escape the police. Each player has a player board with 11 gang members uh, corresponding to dive results. You may upgrade these uh, gang members by placing overlapping cards onto them. This way, the visual appearance of your gang members change as they gain more abilities. Each round, the active player rolls four dice and divides them into two pairs, and you can pay coins to re-roll those dice if you would like, but each pair of dice activates one gang member on the active player's board, uh, corresponding to the number above the gang member. All other players may use one of the pairs to activate this, a single gang member of the uh, on their own boards. So... The boss who's rolling gets to use both pairs. Every other player gets to use one of those pairs. Activating a gangster provides resources needed to complete heists. Uh, It can give you money to upgrade your gang members, or it can advance your car through the city. You want to advance your car because you need to stay ahead of the police in order to collect loot along the city route. Um, You gain points by completing heists. 
upgrading your gang, and by driving your car through the city. Some completed heists provide special abilities, which you can uh, build your strategy around, and the game ends when a player completes their sixth heist or when any car reaches the dock on the city track, and the player with the most points wins. Uh, So you're trying to stay ahead of the... uh, The only thing not in that kind of description is you're trying to stay ahead of the police. At the end of the game, if you're not ahead of the police, you're going to lose three points. And then as you are completing heist, the heist cards have uh, their either paintings or diamonds or gold or uh, different things like that. There's four different categories. And if you happen to have the most heists, heists of that item... You get this necklace that you get to put on one of your gang members. Every time you activate that gang member, um, you get a victory point. So it's another uh, kind of bonus that you can get throughout the game. Yeah. Um, Which I think leads into one of the things that I really like about this game. I'm just going to jump right into it. Which this game has elements of deck building, racing, dice rolling, order fulfillment, and area control. However... I think it's easy to learn based on the number of elements that are in the game. Super simple. So the fact that it's that easy for having elements, like I, I said, it's not, and it's not a thing where they're beating you over the head of, oh, this is a dice rolling part of the game. This is this part. You need to know all of these things. You only need a handful of rules to get right. rolling, but they all work together to create all of those different elements. Yeah, and when you're the boss and you get to set the dice, I love that banter of the rest of the table telling you what you should do. Yep. Oh, I could really use a seven right now, and, and a two would be great for the whole table. And the ability for the boss to be able to re-roll the dice, I don't know if you mentioned that yet, but you yeah. can spend a, a dollar and re-roll the dice. Some of the, the cards have abilities on them that will let you re-roll the dice, and so you you have that sense of, I'm going to make this decision right now for everybody. Here you go, um, of when to lock in those dice and lock in those pairs. I love that little interaction. Yeah, it leads to, and the publisher said this right in their in their text. There's very little downtime because I'm invested in every single turn. Because once those dice are set, that's going to trigger off what resources I get. So I'm. I'm not watching my phone. I'm not watching the game in the background. I'm watching every single turn, and I love that tension that's in this little 30-minute game. Well, and you're always waiting for uh, you. Uh, it's funny you wrote down the idea of the interactions. I, I have that as well. The suggestions from the other players on how to organize the dice, but then just waiting is like, oh, I cannot wait until I'm the boss. I can decide exactly how I want it for me uh, to be best for me. And and there's that that thing of. Oh, yeah, an eight would really be great, and I see you've got four gang members stacked, stacked on top <laughs> of each other, and it's like, but eight is really good for me, too. And then it's like, ah, I don't want to give it to the other people, but I need to get my own engine running. And and so there, there's that, but I, I still don't feel like it's a a complex game no. to teach. I mean, I, we had a new player at the table the last time we played, and we were up and running in three minutes, yeah. four minutes yeah. of just... Here's the fourth, you know, you you roll the dice, you activate your gang members. After that, you can either potentially complete heists if you've collected the resources on it, you're moving your card, or you're upgrading your gang members by spending money. Right. And that's about it. That is, that is about it. And as you move your car around the track, that can trigger other bonuses. 
So you can take a shortcut, but then you're going to miss out on some of those bonuses. So you have that decision that's built in. And the cop car, if it needs to move, must always move at the very end of the turn. So the the bookkeeping is very manageable. There's yep. a little bit of, of personal upkeep that I need to do, and then a little bit of, of group discussion. And we did we move the cop car? Or didn't we move the cop car? And and that's it. The the decisions and being able to track what every other player is doing is also at just a great balanced level for a family weighted game that yeah. the quote unquote gamer gamers with neck beards like you and I have I, I don't have one currently, but I, I've I've sported a, a healthy neck beard in the past as well, would be able to dive in and play, right? Yeah. Doug's yeah. consciously scratching his neck to check to see how far the there's, beard goes. There's no beard there. <laughs> you have a, you have a full beard. You have a not Tim, on my neck. Tim the Toolman Taylor's neighbor's beard. You've got. I don't a, got a Kyle Orton neck beard. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. Oh. So the, yeah. So as far as the complexity scale goes, to me, this is my replacement for a more complex Machi Koro. So if I want to play something a little bit heavier, I would play this game. That used to be a spot taken up by Space Base. But this one, I feel, is simpler as far as the iconography goes and some of the – the there's a handful of cards in Space Base that are – every time they come out, like nobody really knows how they work. Or you can't quite get it. And, and even if you look in the rule book on like there is an explanation for that card and it's like still not kind of clear, yeah. that is why I've gravitated towards this game because I feel like it's a lot more simpler with adding more elements. So it's not just a simple roll and activate that Machi Koro has. This has roll, activate, and then, like I said, that order fulfillment, area control type of thing. It's like, I need to get another painting heist so I can get that necklace back and score some more points. How has Space Base not been a game of the week? Because I, I just went to make a statement Oh, okay. Um, one person at the table clearly loves it more than the other. I really like Space Base, but I just went to make a statement that you... So you think that this one game could knock off two other games that we've recommended, but I, I'm, I'm only the one that's recommended Space Base, but we've done a lot I'm not of saying it. I'm not saying it knocks off Machi Kuro. Yeah. I'm saying if you like Machi Kuro and you want to take it to another level, like you, you feel like Machi Kuro is too simple or if you're playing with... Uh, gamers that you think can handle another level of complexity, I right. think this is that next step up. It's almost like it's a sushi go to seven wonders. Yeah, I, I'm going to take take it slightly differently, and I'm, I'm going to build off of that. I love games where the dice get locked in and placed, and that triggers decisions for multiple people at the table. Mm -hmm. And Bad Company does that. So when I say it's a seven... And a three. Now everybody's going to get some resources. It could be money. You could be able to move the car, advance the car one space, and get away from the cops. Or you could have a choice. Maybe that unlocks a couple of different resources for people at the table. For me, and I get to choose. Oh, do I want one wild resource and I can fulfill this card, or do I want to move the car ahead once? Um, so. In a 30-minute game, the number of decisions that are made in a three- or four-player game of Bad Company, because every single turn has four, five, six, seven decision points for each player at the table, 
and it, it there's a healthy level of stress that's there. Yeah, um, I'm not going to say that it feels like I'm on a heist, but there there's a great pace to this game that is in other games that we've talked about, like Sentry, uh, you know, Emerson Matsuchi Sentry, whether it's the Gallum or the Spice Road Edition, but just where you're getting something on each turn, you could. Be- potentially trade that in and fulfill a contract with that, which then helps you unlock other things on the turn. There's also those little, I called them chance cards. They're, they're, they're loot cards. Loot cards. I was just going to talk about those. Yeah, and, go ahead. And those are ones that you, that sometimes when you complete a heist, you can get a loot card or a lot of that. I think the, one of the most common ways is on the road, there are loot cards that you can pick up. And when you pick up a loot card, you flip it over and it has an ability. It might be you know, on somebody else's turn, you get to activate both dice, or you can activate an adjacent die. So or, even though Michael picked up a seven, um, I can turn it into an eight. There's some that are straight victory points. Straight victory points, people, and those uh-huh. twos and threes can really add up. Don't sleep on the loot cards. <laughs> well, but and even even in addition, there's some that just like lets you place two. So the other the way that you complete heists is that, uh, say for example, um, one of your guys has a uh, a lock. Uh, yeah. lock on his card and the heist needs a lock, you can then put a little check mark token on one of your heists that has a lock on it. And there are some loot cards that just give you like two automatic fill-ins, you can, two check marks you can put anywhere. And sometimes those can really catapult a chain reaction of I'm finishing this one and that the ability on this is going to allow me to finish that. I'm now completing two heists at, at a time and because I just completed three painting heists, I'm going to get uh, the painting necklace, which then I can uh, activate more to get more points. If I have it at the end of the game, I'm going to get more victory points. So there's a lot of cool elements. Even some of the heists that they talk about have some of those special abilities where there's one, if if every time a, a zero gets rolled on the police die, um, and that's the way the police moves around, you're going to be rolling your four dice and an extra die, that extra die has a one, a zero, one, and a two on it. And that's how far the, the police card is going to move that turn. Well, there's some cards that, you know, every time a zero comes up on that, you gain a dollar or you get a check mark or something yeah, like the, that. The bonuses so, are clever. Some They're, special bonuses that you can get. Like I think I had one where it was every time I could, I could do a free reroll yeah. for free as the, as the boss. So there's a lot of cool, um, uh, abilities in the game and they don't take long. Uh, everybody gets a, like a player aid and it's not hard to find the symbols if you're confused by anything. Well, and the game starts out with, you get two boards that you kind of just smash together. So I think the first game I played, I was the lucky tacos. And the second game I was the sneaky pimples or something like yeah. that. So you, you push these two boards together and, and it, the art is fantastic, Doug. It, it's cartoonish. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of. It's almost like the, there was a show on PBS called Wild Kratz. It's like if there was mm. a gangster Wild Kratz, it, it, but it's just yeah, or like a Johnny Bravo or something yeah, like that. It, it, it's wonderful. The art brings you in, and as you add to your 
to your gangsters. So as you build up on that seven or three that I'm talking about, they get a little bit taller, a little bit taller, a little bit taller because there are cards layered underneath them and their outfits start to really change and shift. And so even as the game goes on, the table starts to take on a little bit more of a personality that that I really like. Yeah. And there's only, my only concern that I wrote down, uh, have on my list here is the, there's one piece of artwork in the game. There's a David Bowie style gang member that is a little objectionable. Um, but other than that, the artwork Why? is fine. Not wearing a ton of clothing. I think he has headlights in on his chest. <laughs> okay, I believe is the okay. right way to. So if if that's a concern for you, <laughs> I want to yeah, let I'm, our listeners know that that card is in the game. If you need to pull it out, I know how David Bowie has a special place in your heart, Doug. I just yeah. found it to be hilarious. Though that's a good point, though. I. Where do you think this game fits best? We've talked about the tension. I think we've we've thrown a lot of praise at it. Where do you think this fits best? I think this is a gr- I think this is an amazing game for a gamer to introduce to non-gaming friends. Uh, you know, in the 12 plus. I mean, I think a 10 10 can do this. I don't know if it's a family game or you know or a, a game night. Yeah, that I'm gonna sit down with with my whole family and and play this. I don't yeah. know, but I definitely think it's a great game of if I were going and and visiting friends that are not necessarily gamers, this is a game that I think I can bring and have a good time with. Okay, and kind of level level up my my non gaming friends. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I. It, that goes hand in hand with what I'm about to say. If I were game schooling in a high school setting, teenagers, if I'm playing board yeah. games regularly with teenagers, this fits for multiple reasons because like we have said a few times, it's a 30-minute game. Yeah. So you can get it out. You can get it set up. The rules are super easy. You can play one round and then say, okay, now we're going to reset and really go. Um, it's not not terribly fiddly, and and I think this works great in that environment. And that goes in with what you're saying. If you're playing with groups of people that are newer or just coming to the hobby, check check out uh, Bad Company. Well, and the teenagers are definitely going to love the idea of combining those gang members to get your gang name. Yeah, you know, they're going to like From being the, the emotional tacos or yeah. whatever. Yeah, whatever they have, I think it really sets a a good mood for the game. Just that simple thing is like, oh, it's an automatically generated gang name, you know, yeah. which I think is really cool. Um, as far as some skills, I think this is a great game for competition uh, with the the race elements and those area control elements and kind of seeing what your neighbors are doing and, and just keeping an eye on them. Um, and I think the decision making you mentioned earlier, yeah. it's like as the boss in every turn, you're deciding you know, which pair of dice to use, you know, whether you're the one dividing those dice out or the boss has decided what they are. And it's like, am I going to use a three or am I going to use a seven? Like, which one do I want to use this turn? So uh, I think those are really strong skills in this game. I would also add risk management. My, uh, for new listeners, but anyone who's been listening for a while, this is going to sound, yeah, that sounds about right. I'm a very aggressive board Uh, game player. And so the last time, I, so if a game has a racing element, I, Daddy want to get out and drive. I, I want to be out in front. I'm going to get to the end first. And so the last time we played, I was very conscious about 
I'm only going to stay one step ahead of the cop. One step ahead of the law, man. One, that's right. <laughs> and, and and so that was a different challenge because I like to approach games different ways to see how they work. Yeah. You know, I just want to try different strategies out. And boy, and I, boy, did they both play differently and they were both a lot of fun. And but, I don't think that one is better no, than the other no, one. I got lucky on the last turn when I was going slow. Um, and, and that, that was it, but no, it, they were two different strategies, um, that both had risk management built in, in different ways. Because when I was speeding ahead in that first game, I really had to be careful about when triggering end game, but they mm-hmm. got to a point where I couldn't, because I, by being that far ahead, the end was going to come. Yeah. And then at the end or the last time we played having to stay one step ahead of the cop was a constant little challenge, and it involved a different type of risk because uh, I'm not going to worry about driving right now. The cop is two spaces behind me. Uh, yeah. So it, 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 that's a fun fun little skill that's built into the game as well. All right. Anytime you have dice and resources. Anything Anything else that you want to no, shine I, a light I would, on? No, I would just be interested in what our listeners' experience is with this one, especially folks who, who are over in Europe or who have been playing this game for a while. Reach out to us. I... This is a game that I've very much enjoyed and we've played quite a bit of lately. So send us an email and that's email at gameschooler.com and let us know your thoughts about Bad Company. Just put Bad Company right in the subject line and we'll read that on air. Give us some content, folks. (laughs) All right. So that is our game of the week, Bad Company by Aporta Games, uh, published in 2021, 2023 in North America. Let's move on to the School of Gaming. The School of Gaming. In the School of Gaming, we discuss concepts, keywords, etiquette, and helpful ideas in the world of gaming. This week, we'll be relying on you, the listeners, to create great content for us. As you share what you think about your friendly local game store in this week's Friendly Local Game Store Report, which will now be referred to as FLGS. Doug, let's jump in right away. You have a report over there from a listener over in England. Doug? You're not going to say it? Go ahead. No, you say it. Go ahead, Doug. From across the pond. All right. Uh, So this is from Nicole, and she says that Traveling Man is a small chain of independent stores based in the north of England. My local branch is in Leeds. It's an amazing two-room space, one room for games, one for comics. Staff are friendly, knowledgeable, and never pushy. A great place to go just to check out what's new and breathe in that cardboardy goodness. I also have to squeeze in a mention for my local tabletop game convention, which was held in Harrogate on March 9th through 12th. The splendidly named Aircon, probably named after the River Air, which is not actually that close to Harrogate, come to think of it. Maybe the name was too good to pass up. So there you go, game stores and conventions from the other side of the pond, Michael. Oh, that's wonderful. Nicole, thank you. We really appreciate you listening and, and, and pushing our stuff out there on and I, Facebook. And, and I also would like to take this moment to apologize for any shoddy American pronunciations. 
okay, well, just Lead. in the last two to three minutes today, because uh, if there's anything that we are proficient yeah. at it's in, a, in the Game Schooler uh, podcast, it is shoddy American and not even that, Midwestern yeah. United it's, States. It's an apology yeah. in perpetuity. Yeah, in mass. Um, yeah, and I'm going to just shift to another friendly local game store report, and this is from Stefan, and we might try to get some audio worked in. Otherwise, I'll paraphrase, and, and Stefan says that Fair Game in Downers Grove, Illinois, is his friendly local game store. He takes his kids to Pokemon Saturdays, attends the annual garage store. He loves the store. And then he also, and I'm going to do a direct quote here, I should also mention another favorite friendly local game store, and that's Goodwill. Then Stefan went on to brag about the incredible deals he got from Goodwill, including Chronicles of Crime for $3. What? I usually see like happy salmon with some missing stuff. That's that's incredible. Goodwill. I see eight thousand copies of Taboo. Yeah. So <laughs> we need to make a little trip down to Downers Grove and swoop some some Goodwill goodies. And then Target was his final mention. So Stefan, we appreciate you sharing, taking the time, dropping the the video, or I'm sorry, the audio uh, through the email to us. Uh, sounds like you really have some some great uh, friendly local game stores down there as well. And Doug, we have one more here. This is from Mike, and I believe I should have looked further, but I think this is down in Kansas. And I'm I'm gonna, uh, you know, he he gave a, a very nice detailed description of a ten minute, thirty minute, and one hour. So the, talk about a guy who who has his regions covered out, out and about. And, I also have a 10-minute, 30-minute, one-hour coverage on, on friendly local game stores. Or as so, our northern friends would say, oot in a boot. <laughs> yeah. So well done here, Mike. So 10 minutes. If I want something, Mike, I'm going to go full radio voice. I haven't actually talked to you in person, so don't get too upset here, but I'm going to try to go in character. If I want something close by, it's yellow brick cards and games, which is about 10-minute walk from my house and my son's apartment. We meet up every other Tuesday to explore Yellow Brick's nice little demo collection, about four six-foot bookshelves. The owner, Eve Evie, and manager Christian are very welcoming, and they also have a nice little sandwich counter with boba drinks for special occasions. They're kind of expensive. <laughs> I think that's the drinks. Maybe I wasn't supposed to read that on the air. Sorry. They have a lot of... Uh, TCG, mini painting, and RPG events, but I mostly like exploring their demos. There's something for me and all my kiddos, ages 5, 10, and 20. Uh, Mike, Mike, that is awesome. Uh, going forward, I won't read anything uh, in the parentheses. Uh, Booba uh, is expensive. Yeah. I think we can all agree <laughs> on that. Oh, the T. Yeah, we yeah. got it. And then 30 minutes away is the EXP Gaming Lounge. This is now, I really appreciate the links, Mike, because I have some of these flagged on my own Google Maps. It's not as fancy as Yellow Brick, it's own, um, but, but, but they have some unique demos. They specialize in retro console games, which is cool. Uh, TCGs, my five-year-old is getting into Pokemon and they have a kids league on Saturdays. So Pokemon Saturdays seems to be drawing in some of our listeners. And TCG for explanation, trading card game. There you go. Thank you. Learning right here too. Uh, and then one hour away, if I have time, um, is a tabletop game and hobby. It's a sister cafe next door to the Cardboard Cafe. Uh, and just went on to talk about just some awesome things, include some great pictures of some places that I want to get to now. 
um, as well. Doug, I'm going to send it back to you while I collect my thoughts here. Yeah, it's always interesting to see what people enjoy about their local game stores. Um, And one of the things I thought was interesting, uh, I'm just throwing this out here blind to Michael, is I typed into chat GPT what makes a good game store. Oh, gosh. Did you just get a whole bunch of words, 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 words? No, I actually got exact, almost almost exactly what I put out on my own list of what I think are must-have in a game store. I was really impressed by the list that came back. So a wide variety of board games to choose from, including both classic and new games. Right? Great. Expert staff who can provide product recommendations and answer questions about game mechanics. A welcoming, inclusive environment for players of all skill levels and backgrounds. Competitive pricing and occasional sales or discounts on popular games. A clean and well-organized store with clear signage and easy-to-navigate shelving. A demo area or game library where customers can try out new games before making a purchase. Regular events such as tournaments, game nights, and designer meet and greets. And a knowledgeable and responsive customer service. They, I mean, they just described yeah, the perfect game store, Doug right? Doug cannot wait for 2025 when his daughter and chat GPT can can replace me on the Game Schooler podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, I think one of the the interesting things that yeah, I think Mike mentioned it, but the idea of I can't tell you the number of game stores that I've been into where it's like they have a demo area, but they're all garbage games. They're like, they're not even the games that you want to play or try. And they just sit over there in a corner as opposed to some really good game stores where it's like, yeah, you can pick up Catan and play it there. If you've never played it, you can play some of the new hot games. It's not just, these are games from 10 years ago that nobody wanted and they donated to our demo library. Yeah. I want to also just make a shout out to customer service as somebody I've worked in retail growing up and, uh, labyrinth puzzles and games out in washington dc when i walked into that shop the customer service i had eye contact people asked me how i was doing i got a few seconds a few minutes to breathe and walk around and then somebody actually came up and asked what i was looking for asked what games i like to play and engaged me in a conversation i experienced the same type of support when i walk into noble night and, and that's where those friendly local game stores, the, the, the F is really key. When you have friendly people that are greeting you because the hobby is so broad and there's depth. I might want a worker placement game. Well, what type of worker placement? Do you want dice or do you want do you want nice wooded meeples? Do the wooden meeples need to be screen printed? Do you have 45 minutes? Do you have I mean there's so many different games that I think one theme that came up in the emails that we received is just that feeling and sense of, oh, I'm in a nice place. Yeah. And, and a lot of our listeners alluded to the 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 the, the F and FLGS, the friendliness about yeah, their local it, store. Creating an atmosphere that you actually want to come back to. Yeah. You know, and, and feel I, comfortable in. I mean the number of games that I have I have or the number of stores that I have been to that are missing that F. Yeah. And you walk in and you're just uh 
this or have you, have you ever had the experience depressing. where you walk in and there's the big Warhammer guy staring at you and it's like, I don't know if I can bring my children in here because around the corner might be an orc who's not wearing clothing. <laughs> <laughs> can you give me the address for that? <laughs> no, I, I think that brings up a different point, though, that I have on my list, which is it's hard to cater to everyone. Right, and I think there are so many different aspects of the the hobby that <laughs> there are so many different aspects of the hobby that um, you can't. It's really hard to be an expert on everything, and but so it's I, not hard to be nice. No, and, exactly. And so that's where whether you're walking into a shoe store, whether you're walking into a restaurant, whether you're walking into a board game store. It's not hard to be nice. And a lot of the go ahead. Well, I just I guess my point is is like if you're a store that predominantly caters to RPG or miniature war games or something, like if you can't service the board game section of your your store, I guess I would in some ways make the argument like maybe that shouldn't be in your store. Like if you're, yeah, I'm not going to go there. I get what you're saying. I'm going to celebrate what is awesome and no, just I mean, make fun know, of those but, stores. <laughs> just me. But I think that is one of those things. Like for a friendly local game store, is bite off the stuff that you can actually chew, mm. as opposed to having because I think that gets in the way of being friendly. Is if you can't explain the products that you're carrying, you can't explain the games that you're talking about. It makes it very difficult to be friendly and helpful which is the experience that you and I are looking for when we walk into a game store. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. like if I walk into a game store and I'm in I love RPGs, but nobody in the store can talk to me about them. Yeah. It's not going to be a friendly place. Okay. Right? No, I get that. Yeah. Then the the you mentioned the other thing, but the value of the demo table. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a store up in Appleton called Boardlandia and they they do a lot of online sales. Um, the, the store itself is actually smaller, but they just have a fantastic little demo table. And, and, and every time I've been in there, they're ready to teach the game, teach a part yeah. of the game. And I get that sense of, oh, I'm a, a little bit of a convention, you know, when you yeah. have that demo table and you can walk out and see how a, a new game played without buying it. Feels like I got something there. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially sometimes just you can't get the impression just from the back of the box when you see something set up and it, Oh, wow, wow. these are yeah. nice cards. The artwork is really cool. How do I know this game is more than just Eno Tools' beautiful art? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so anything else that you want to... Just wanna... really appreciate our, our listeners and hearing more about the friendly local game stores. Believe it or not, Doug and I are, are nerds and uh, do like Speak to... Speak for yourself. Well, But we, we like to go into <laughs> game stores, and so this is nice to have new places to think about and to dream about and to want to go to. Well, um, when when Nicole says that breathe in that cardboardy goodness, yes, I know exactly yes. what she's talking about. Yes. Um, so there's some uh, you know some feedback from you guys on on what you enjoy about your local friendly game stores, your friendly local game stores. Um, I think sometime down the line we'll probably do a, a high five on on our must haves maybe for in a, a game store in yeah. a game store. Um, to kind of revisit that topic. If anybody missed the boat and, and, and still wants to send in a report on their game store, uh, feel free to do that at email at gameschooler.com. Um, and let's move on to the high five for this week. If you're anything like us, you're constantly on the hunt for new games to try out. And this week, Michael and I are going to share our 
high five 20 minute or less games. So these are games that you can set up and teach and play in 20 minutes or less. Uh, we did an earlier version of this list a couple of years ago. Episode 11, if so, you want to go and rehash that. So we're revisiting some of these. There is uh, only one game that I carried over from my last list that I think is just too good at what it does that I couldn't leave it off my list. Yeah, I had to bring in one of the games as well, just and, with number of plays and number of settings and number of people I've played it with. And then if I've got some... Uh, if, if Michael doesn't bring up some of those other ones, I'll talk about those. It's kind of some honorable mentions. I do also have a couple of just straight up honorable mentions. And and Michael and I had a little discussion over text, and I said that some of these lists are kind of hard for me to make because I'm balancing games that I really enjoy with and kind of combining it with games that I think are good for our audience. And so these are not like my... These are my top five 20-minute um, or less games. Some of those may have been on my other list, and it's I'm, it's wanting to kind of show a variety. Bottom right? line that and restate that. What are you saying? <laughs> I'm saying that, for example, if if I really love deck-building games, yeah. my whole list could potentially be deck-building games, Got it. which I don't want to do it. for Got our it. listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to be cognizant of my own biases, what other people which are severe might enjoy and having kind of a well-rounded list yeah five as, different types of games as opposed to these are my hard and fast top five now the first time around the block with this one you talked about them being full games and not just card games yep. is that caveat also on here or not as much uh for the most part okay yeah i okay. think that that most of them are are providing a a full game experience. Cool. So All what right, do you got for number five? Right number five is a Phil Walker Harding design game, and that's Super Mega Lucky Box 2021 release. Game right published it. They list it as 20 minutes. I can confirm it's 20 minutes, whether it, I haven't played this solo, I don't think. Verified data. Um, but from two players, three players, four players, five players, six players, it plays fast super easy to play Super Mega Lucky Box. We've talked about it a lot, so I'm just going to do a quick 30-second recap. It, it's bingo with cards and bonuses where you have 18 different cards. All You take the numbers 1 through 9. There are two of them, and you're going to have a round where only 9 of those cards come out, and when a card comes out, you cross it off one of your four cards that are in front of you. And you're just trying to fill up the cards. What makes this game awesome is the combo-tastic chains that explode on the table. And you'll hear people be, you will hear it is audible, whether it's adults, children, or old ladies. And I have played with all of them where they At say, like, <laughs> say like, um, yeah, I don't know if I played this with my mother-in-law with the grandkids. But anyways. You calling your mother-in-law an old lady? Yeah, she is an old lady. <laughs> Abuelita's old um, in a great way. And where you cross off a three, the three then gets a bonus where you cross off a five, and then the five goes over and it crosses off another card. Doug, what do you what do you? I'll talk about it. My, I'm doing some reconnaissance while you're talking. Uh, okay. Um, um, and, and so the, the the combos that get unlocked in here and just the, the noise volume with a Super Mega Lucky Box game in the school setting, you have been warned. If you play this with kiddos, 
they are going to get loud. So we had him on the show. I shared most of most of this information with him, with the designer Phil Walker Harding in episode 104, and I've played it a handful of times again since. So that, that's that's number five for me. All right, uh, good game there. I've got um, my number five, Hammer Time. Uh, which is published in 2020 by Haba USA, designers Sean Graham and Scott Huntington. Um, Hammer Time is this uh, fun little dexterity game in which you attach kind of like a mouse pad sticker on the bottom of the box, flip it over, and then stack a whole bunch of gems on top of it. And you have a little hammer that you smack the side of the box, and what comes off is what you get, However, if you if more than eight gems fall off, they all go back in the box, and you're trying to fill up your wagon. And I have been playing this with my youngest daughter, and she loves it. And we aren't even playing the full game, and I've played the full game with with the rest of the kids. But they have, you know, special bonus abilities and this little die that you can roll. Um, that is kind of funny because it changes the way you might have to. Um, hit the the box blindfolded yeah you may have to use the handle of the hammer instead of the head of it and um let's see you ever uh, hurt yourself with it no you no you smash you, a finger or no you or? you can hit hit with your fist instead of the hammer you may need to lay your head sideways on the table while you knock so it just has some fun elements that gets everybody involved and laughing and that's a koteki fa- family favorite right you yeah they, they really enjoy that and i was laughing while you were talking because i wanted to look up the rules so i i could get some uh, examples of what some of those extra movements are on the dice when you roll the dice because it's been a while since i played that version and on haba's website where i had to go to look at the the instructions they've got a drop down here that says cleaning instructions, which which I'm assuming is for all of their other toys. But it made me chuckle when I saw that attached to a board game left blank. Cleaning instructions. I, I've never cleaned a board game in my life. I do. You don't dust the boxes of your games? Well, yeah, on the top. Yeah, okay. And none of my games have never... They're always being played enough that they don't gather dust, Michael. Okay, apologies. <laughs> All right, that's my first lie of the night. All right, what's your number four, my Michael? My number four was on Doug's list the first time this came around. I just could not leave it off my list. It was our recommended game, or it was our, our game of the week back in episode 21, and that's just one, mm-hmm. designed by Ludovic Rowdy and Bruno Sator. Um, and Repost Production did that game. Board Game Geeks has 20 to 60 minutes. Folks, We I don't... I can't remember this game ever going longer than 20 minutes in our house. And we've played a lot of this with four and five players because in just one, uh, you're only going to get 13 cards. And then the, the game is over after the 13th card has come up. But one of those cards is going to pop up. Somebody's going to shout out a number one through five. And that's the word that other people are going to try to get that person to guess. And if anyone has the same word you don't get to keep it on your list. So if the word is pizza, and Doug and I both write pepperoni, pepperoni does not get to the guesser. The guesser is then left with whatever words did make it to them. So they may be looking at food and yummy as their two words, Mm -hmm. right? If you're playing with kids and you're playing with adults. Uh, Great, great game that 
really easy to teach. I basically just did a full rules teach right there. Kids pick it up fast, and and, and they don't always want to set it down. The last time this came up at Game Club, the, a, a group played it. Sixth grade boys played that game for the entire hour. I actually walked away from the table, went over and played Super Mega Lucky Box, and they were still playing at the end. They did yeah. not want to leave. So that's number four. It can be done in 20 minutes or less. Uh, yeah. Just one. I think if it's taking longer than twenty minutes, you may be playing it wrong, or you're having too much fun and you've actually played three full games. Yeah, exactly. All right, my number four uh, we talked about in episode forty-four, and that's Zombie Kids Evolution, uh, two thousand eighteen by La Scorpion Masque, designer Anik Lobey. Um, this is a game I put on there for a couple reasons. One, it's cooperative. Uh, two, it's got a legacy component that uh, campaign mode that you can keep playing through, but obviously it meets the requirements of this list. And you can play, I think, two games of this probably in twenty minutes. Yeah, it goes that fast. And the idea of being able to play a campaign game um, that quickly, that you're unlocking stuff and moving through it fast, is really appealing to me. The idea that that you could have a, a campaign game on this list. You could do them in 20-minute 20, 20 increments. Um, zombie Kids is a, a game in which you're trying to lock all of the, get all of the zombies out and lock the doors so more can't come in. Um, it's just a great, simple, dice-rolling, cooperative game. We talk about it more in episode 44, um, and that is my number four, That's a Zombie Kids pull. Evolution. Great poll, Doug. Yeah, the only legacy game that's probably on either of our list, <laughs> yeah. right? Where you're opening up envelopes and yeah, modifying the zombies. That's awesome. That's you wouldn't awesome. think it would show up on that. Yeah, number three, we talked about it at length last week, but I thought I, I can't be disingenuous and just leave it off the list because we talked about it last week. I've been enjoying playing this game, and that's Marvel Remix. Uh, we, it was our game of the week in episode 111. Uh, if you're with us this week, hopefully you listened last week, but go check it out. It, it's a, a great game that re-implemented fantasy realms where you 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 just have a few cards in your hand and you got to get all those combos working together and the clock is running and it's a 20-minute it's a game that if you like the Marvel IP as I do um, or as Doug loves it, um, check it out. And if you don't, get the fantasy realms if that's your, yeah, yeah, your yeah, cup yeah. of tea, you right? The, right, right. All right, amazing game. Uh, number three for me, we talked about in episode 19, Sushi Go, published in 2013 by GameRight and by Phil Walker Harding. This is a drafting card drafting game um, based around sushi. You're trying to, to connect different cards together to score points. It's a very simple teach um, and, and just gets playing right away. There's very little setup and... You're, that's it is what it is. You're drafting cards to get yeah. points. It is a bare bones style drafting game that you can get up and get rolling and knock one out in no time. So, so good. Any anything else to add well, to that, Michael? It's, yeah, it's a game. Uh, oh, and by the way, I saw this at five below for five dollars. It's all over the place for time, you know, at times like that. So a, a great price for that. Yeah, it's it's a restaurant game. If you're waiting in line in the restaurant, it's a game that kids can play in the car. It's a game where Hey, we just need to come together. It's been a crazy week. It's a Wednesday night. We have a crazy few few nights coming ahead, but people just got cleaned up out of the shower. The kitchen just got tidied up. Let's just sit down for 10 minutes, do a, a game of sushi go. It, it's just such a great game to bring people together. Yeah. 
Yeah, number uh, two for me is also a Phil Walker Harding design game. And talk about recency bias. We've been playing a ton of Scribbly Gum mm-hmm. 2023 release. I don't think it's been a game of the week yet, although I'm sure it will be at some point. We might need to bring our kids on to talk about it. But in Scribbly Gum, cards are getting flipped up, and then you have this little is he a or he she is is it a scribbly you have this little or uh, i i don't know my australian <laughs> insects here i'll, I'll you, research you. while you're talking but you have this this insect that has a direction to go based on the card that's flipped up and then you travel in that direction and unlock certain bonuses you're going to mm. get scribbly gum is a name given to a variety of different australian eucalyptus trees which play host to the larvae so the of scribbly larvae, gum moths. The larvae of scribbly gum moths are traveling through the street. You're learning things on the Game Schooler podcast. <laughs> Finally, first time. And, Let me make a note of that. And Phil Walker Harding, if you're listening, I apologize. And I am trying to appreciate your culture, but I can appreciate it more by doing actual research before <laughs> I come in. The, the game's great, though. Again, it's a game that plays really well with you know five, six, seven year olds all the way up to adults. Uh, it's a game that you have mastered, I believe. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do well. Doug will text me his high scores, and I'll respond, you're cheating, there's no way. You're a liar. Uh, so that that's number two uh, for us. We haven't gone all the way to laminate it as you have in your house, and I mean that with appreciation. I'm not being snarky. <laughs> that, that tone that you might not be used to, dear listeners, is me appreciating and looking at Doug in awe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he got yours laminated. Another first. <laughs> so I'll send it over to you, though. Great, great game that can be played, certainly, I mean, you've played a lot, too. That's yeah. a 20-minute, right? Sure, yep. That meets the requirements. And Good you can game. get it right now on his website. Uh, my number two is the only one that I think would classify as kind of um, a card in that card game style that I don't know. It's it's a complete game, but it's not a, a ton of stuff, and it's more designed of that, that quick get-in, get-out type of thing. And that is the game Timeline, um, originally published in 2011 by Asmodee, um, and uh, the de- designer is Frederick Henry. It is a game in which you have a hand of cards, and on the back is a date, but you don't know what that date is because you haven't flipped the card over. And you are putting your cards, you're trying to be the first one to get rid of all of your cards, and you take one of your cards and you put it in the main central timeline, wherever you think it goes, based on the cards that are already out there. So you might say, I think this one goes right in between these two. You flip it over, and if it is right, it stays there, and that card's out of your hand. If it's wrong, you're going to draw a new card to replace it, and that card is, is I don't know if it's either put in the timeline where it actually goes or it's just discarded. And you're, you're shedding, right? You're trying yeah, to get you're rid trying of, to get yeah, rid of The yeah, first yeah. person to get rid of all their cards wins. I mean, it's the complexity is a 1.15, so it's super simple. But it is really interesting. They have so many different um, versions and variations. They also have like a... Uh, card line, which is has stuff about countries. They have an animals version where you can kind of sort them by weight or or size, different things like that. But they have music and Americana and inventions and historical moments, things like that. Um, all of mine are actually combined together yeah. in a, a, a box game they came out with, Timeline Challenge, that uses all of those cards. But it's really interesting to play that game and you kind of laugh and have discussions about, I can't believe that came out then. Like, do you believe that that's that old or... You should bring that to the game day. You know, just uh, didn't come out yet. So 
a really good game and the the base game I think it's one of those games that kind of goes out of print and comes back into print and I think it is in print right now um, with different versions but uh, a quick simple game that that has an educational value and and kind of keeps people thinking cool so that's my number two timeline well speaking of timeline my number one game is the game of the week in episode 113 next week and that's las vegas mm. uh, las vegas is a 2012 release i say rudiger you say dorn rudiger dorn that's right we love Woo. rudy we, we love rudy on the game schooler podcast and in las vegas you are chucking dice and you've got to place your dice at a casino and you've got to place all of your dice at the casino that you choose that are that number we'll talk a lot more about it next week it's one that is very approachable. Although Board Game Geek says 30 minutes, I disagree. Not enough to issue a correction and get told that I'm wrong, but I think that game, in my experience, all the way up to five players, it's done in 20 minutes. Yeah, it's it's pushing it. It's uh, I don't I don't think it goes up that high. I don't think it goes to 30, but it's got to be pretty close to to that 20 minute mark. Yeah, I think that, but that's a, a full game in 20 minutes, and it's one that. Seems to come to the table, whether I'm playing with family or in a game group of, hey, let's just play one more, but we're fried, we're tired, we've eaten yeah. a lot of food, played a lot of games. Las Vegas? Yeah, Las Vegas. All right. Yeah, great game. My last one is the carryover from last time, and that is uh, Ticket to Ride, the City series, which we talked about in episode 72. Uh, they originally came out in, in 2018, published by Days of Wonder and designed by Alan R. Moon. I have this on here just because I feel like it gives you such a good game, full game experience that you are expecting from a 60-minute game in 20 minutes. So if you know Ticket to Ride, if you love that series, you can play this version. It doesn't feel like it's dumbed down. It doesn't feel like it's the travel or like the tiny epic version where you've got tiny minuscule train cars to make it feel, you know, small or anything like that. It feels like the the big big brother, and that's why I have it on the list because I think it does one of the best jobs of of reducing a bigger game down without, you know, you think about. The idea of like a, a JPEG and yeah. you blow it up and you lose all the detail because it you know it gets pixelated and garbagey. Like that's how I feel like a lot of times when people shrink down the games, like, oh, we want to make a 20-minute version of this game. They shrink it down, it's like this is nothing like the comparison of the big brother, or we're gonna make it into a dice game or whatever. And they never feel as good as the original. This one feels as good as the original, um, which is why I've got it at the top of my list. Um, as far as some games, uh, that were on my list last time, code names, five minute Marvel and five minute dungeon, both, uh, very similar games that should have made my list. My family loves the five minute mystery series. Oh, there you go. Uh, King Domino, uh, was, uh, also on my list last time. Some that I left off the list just because we talk about them all the time. Impact, Battle of the Elements, yep. playing it all the time with my family. They love it. Uh, if you can get a hold of it, Lupin Louie or Lupin Chewy is a fun, easy-to-learn game. Similo, we talk about quite a bit. All the time. Yep. Is a, another great cooperative game that is fast. And the other one that, that was on my short list was a game uh, called The Game, Quick oh, and Easy, sure. Sure. which is another cooperative game of... Uh, but then again, more towards that that card game style. Yeah, I have one that was on my list that I had to bump down to honorable mention just due to availability. Early in your list, you had a game designed by 
uh, Scott Huntington, and Sean Graham, right? Yep. Which yep. game was that? Hammer Time. Hammer Time, yep. Well, Big Dig is a game that I have loved to play because I, I just like this Spelunker theme. It's one of those where you are flipping a card and then you know digging down, you have a little writing pad that you're writing on. It's on my honorable mention because the company that published it is no longer in business, Tasty Minstrel Games. And so today I saw, oh, Noble Knight has a copy and Game Nerds has a copy. Okay, can make my list. But then right before coming into the show, Game Nerds has a copy. There's one left in stock for go, $10. Go, everybody, go. <laughs> Noble Knight has one copy for like uh, the time of this recording. It is $12.95 or Schooler 23. You're going to get another uh, $1.29 off of that. <laughs> so, but, but if yet, if you are looking for a game and you have a four, five, six, seven, eight year old that, that you're just starting to play games with, that, that's been a good one for my family with, with yeah. two of my kiddos that have really enjoyed it. All right. Well, there's uh, a lot of games for you to, yeah, to check is. out if you're interested and you need a game that's under 20 minutes, set up and teach. So hopefully that helped you out. Um, a reminder to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at GameSchoolerU for both of those platforms. Uh, next week, we'll be taking a look at Las Vegas. We'll be talking about Life After Uno, and we'll be talking about our high five games from 2013. So thank you so much for spending the last hour or so with us. We really appreciate it. Now get out there and keep gaming. <laughs>